Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? Okay, now we're recording. Yes. <laughs> right. yes, let's get into it. Let's do it. Dun, dun, dun. It is the one we've all been waiting for, and I've got facts, I've got figures, stats. It's we stats. got a chart. <laughs> there are visual waves. There's going to be a PowerPoint presentation. Yep, that you can't see because this is not a visual platform. So, yeah. sorry about you. You know what? You can't prove there's not a PowerPoint running right now either. So exactly. Say that. Uh, hi, welcome to the Feeny Call. This is the Feeny Call. I am Megan. I'm Skyler. And today we are talking about season five, episode seventeen, and then there was Sean, which of course is a play on Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. So it's the spooky one. It is a spooky one. It is the. Mm, a lot of people call it a Halloween episode, which is not true. It actually came out. Hang on. I didn't pull up the exact release date. So give me one second. I thought it came out in like March. It is not a Halloween episode. It premiered February 27th, 1999. Oh, okay. So we're That's not even like, March. yeah, we're not even like remotely in the, in the ballpark of Halloween. No, but they, because so. they're, I mean, think about it. They're, they were airing the show during like the school year and like, yes. in, in, Realish time, so we just had Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Well, and we also already had a Halloween episode this season. It was The Witches right. of Pembroke. So right, and that aired at in October at yes. Halloween. So at an appropriate yes, no, this Halloween just happens, time. <laughs> happens to be a delightfully spooky episode, and as we both said, among our favorites, absolutely one of the most memorable for sure. And as a child, very scary to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I was not a horror movie person at all, and so I no, under I understood the concept that there were a lot of um, like scream references in this, and that Jennifer Love Hewitt was in I Know What You Did Last Summer, but I really didn't understand until I actually watched Scream for the first time, which was actually last year. Uh, nope, it was 2019. 2019 was the first mm -hmm. time I ever saw Scream. So obviously, when Eric answers the phone and he's like, "Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite one?" I was like, "Oh." I I did like the pointing at the TV, like I know what that is. I know what that is. Uh, yeah. it's from I understood that reference. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Scream references. Obviously, we have uh, Scream Queen Jennifer Love Hewitt. We have South Park references when Eric says "Heidi Ho" and when he says "Oh my gosh, they killed Kenny." Both uh, South Park references. Uh, Scooby Doo. We have them running through the halls. Eric jumping into Jack's arms. We have all kinds of random references from scary movies and otherwise in this episode. It's honestly just 21 minutes of a good time. It's there's nothing, nothing really serious or like weighted about this episode per se. They really just made Excuse it. Excuse you. There's a murderer. <laughs> there is. A murderer. I think I take that pretty seriously. <laughs> right. But it's like a metaphorical. Let's go ahead and let's put it on the record that <laughs> Megan has just claimed that murder, murder is not is that serious. Not that right. serious. Stitch it into and a I, we're, There's some like some gruesome murders here, okay? There are. Kenny and the pencil, Feeny and the scissors. Those are those are some serious I feel like, things. I is true. I feel like it gets more tame as it goes because the pencil through Kenny's head, like that's a really serious, like that's gruesome. And then by the end, it's just like, oh, he's pushing books onto people. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they had to get to the end of the episode. They're running out of time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's true. 
but it's a it's a blast. We love it. Yes. What are, I mean, we've already said some fun facts. You have something specific. Yes. Um, some more fun facts would be when they aired this originally on Disney Channel. So Mr. Feeney has a line at the beginning. This class will not be interested in the romantic goings on of its students than it is with whatever the hell I'm teaching. And Disney Channel edited it a lot to remove when Feeney says whatever the hell I'm teaching. So I have not actually watched this episode on Disney Channel, I think, ever. But apparently when they were doing reruns, there was a very heavy edit of that. And there was also a version of this that was edited that didn't have the virgins are going to live. Well, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to get as sick as possible before I die. Apparently there's a version of this with that edited out as well. Dun, dun, dun. Joe Turkle, the janitor. This is his final acting role. Also... Richard Lee Jackson, who plays Kenny, his younger brother, Jonathan Jackson, plays Ricky, the guy who goes out with Topanga and kisses her and gives her the inspiration to get back with Corey, which I found interesting and I didn't actually know before this research that was rabbit very hole. Interesting. I did I not know that one. Yeah. I gotta say, this censorship shit, hilarious. It is. Absolutely is- hysterical that in editing this episode, the the powers that be decided that no 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 we cannot say the word hell and we cannot mm-hmm. possibly reference virginity but it is perfectly acceptable to stab a student through his head with a pencil yep. and impale said teacher in the back with sharp scissors those two things are perfectly acceptable for children's network television but the word hell and the mention of virginity (laughs) is off limits. And that's insane. Well, and I don't even know why they edited this because this is one of only two episodes of Boy Meets World to be rated TVPG. So we knew that going into it, that it was, uh, had a higher rating than the others because of the language. Eric also says bastards at one point. There's obviously thematic elements of murder. It's a decidedly more grown-up episode, yeah. Yes, the only other Boy Meets World episode that's rated TVPG is Brotherly Shove in the last season. Is that when Sean starts drinking again? I think that one is where Eric and Corey have their garage sale, yes. Eric and Corey have... Which, I don't know what's happening with... Hang on, let me read. Eric feels hurt when Corey invites Sean and Topanga to clean out the garage instead of him. And it makes him feel like Corey doesn't want to hang out with him anymore. Meanwhile, Jack and Sean spend some brotherly time together, but can't seem to find anything in common. Which... What? <laughs> haven't we Haven't we actually had an episode? Why is that episode? Like Alright, we're going to have to wait until we get there. I don't know why that episode will be rated hard more harshly than the drinking episode coming up next or like yeah or when actually have sex for the first time it's yeah, just to make a topless in bed like wh- what are you serious yeah this show, censorship oh. and ratings i mean it's not even just the show though that's like the american rating system being a, it's so true an aggressive strangely puritanical but otherwise relaxed like it has it's such a, a weird mix of morality in yes. American ratings. Like I talk Absolutely. about this actually with the the mom for the kids I nanny because like there are so many like children's programs that are rated for certain ages or whatever. The American rating system pretty much just like ignores violence. 
Yeah. Like, oh, one tremendously ignores violence and tremendously ignores most like male body things. Yes. Like anything about a men's body or violence is like completely tame and doesn't matter. But yeah. the second it's about a woman's body or a bad word uh-huh. or like, for instance, a strange rating thing. Uh, if your film features like a female orgasm versus a male orgasm, there mm-hmm. those are rated differently. That's so. Those those stupid. are those are rated differently, and there are different rules about what you can show and hear when it comes to a female orgasm and a male orgasm. That's the stupidest thing in the entire world. I just don't yeah, understand I think, what the thought process I think, like, is even behind. Technically that. speaking, you like a male orgasm is allowed to be like heard but not seen in like a PG-13 film, but like mm. a female orgasm is not allowed to be heard or seen in a PG-13 film or something. It's something like that. It's something where they're not held to the same standard. Of course um, not. Have obviously. we ever been? <laughs> right. So anyway, the rating system in America is, is tremendously fucked up anyway. So I'm not all that surprised, but it just, this kind of points it out that like, no hell, no virgins. Stab yep. the boy with a pencil. That's fine. The kids can watch that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Doesn't like, matter. If, if, if the concern is like a child is going to learn something or attempt to imitate something from the show, is it worse if they say hell, if they happen to have an understanding of virginity, or if they try to stab their classmate through the head with a pencil? Like, which one of those <laughs> yep. is the yeah. worst for real-life replication? Um, exactly. I think it's pretty obvious that it's trying to stab your class name with a pencil. So. Uh, yeah. I lo- yeah, especially now, I feel like with, I feel like then it was just like, ah, oh, ha, 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 like whatever, like Columbine hasn't even happened yet. And now it's like school shootings are like an everyday occurrence. It's just a thing that we deal with now as Americans. And so I feel like violence in school should instantly be taken more seriously nowadays than fucking talking about being a virgin in high school. Like who, who gives a shit? <laughs> I'll tell you whatever. who gives a shit. The MPAA. Anyway, fuck it. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> there's, and it probably already exists. There's an interesting podcast to be made about the history of like the MPAA and American rating systems and its influence on pop culture and film and television history. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I'd be very interested to read or listen yes. to something about it. Are we ready for recap? a recap? And it's, yeah. oh, I'm so mad that it's me. It's your turn. Have fun. Are you sure you don't want to take over for like one episode? And nope, all you enjoy. Three, two, one. So Corey, Sean, and Topanga, Angela, and Kenny find themselves in detention after this whole spiel with a pencil that Sean gets mad. Kenny's trying to borrow a pencil. He thinks he's hitting on Topanga. He's upset that Corey and Topanga are apart. So then Corey and the whole group in detention, things start getting really weird when this like really pale-faced janitor goes by. And then all of a sudden, Kenny winds up dead. There's a bloody message on the board that says no one gets out alive. They find Feeney dead. Eric and Jack show up to kind of help with the situation. All of this is going through until um, we see Sean actually reveals that he's the killer and that's my time and then sean deals with his big emotions emotions and then the little stinger that there was actually a killer there the whole time (gasps) (laughs) that part always scared me a lot when i was a kid actually yes the whole episode always like scared me but the end was always the scariest part when this like motherfucker just runs out and was like and then you're like what the fuck 
So yeah. is there actually a killer in the in the school? Like, I know it's just a fun tag. It's a fun little stinger. But, like, I don't know, man. That implies that there was, in fact, actually some murderer there. Oh, or at yeah, least or some creepy motherfucker wearing a, wearing a skull face mask because ghost face is trademark scream. Yeah, true. Anyway, what did you learn? <laughs> um, that it's not always your fault, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot that's what we do. I was like, I didn't even think about it. I was just like enjoying the episode, and I was now what did I learn? I don't know. It was just a good time. <laughs> I think the big takeaway here is that like, um, has to do with this idea of like your lived experiences and their biases that that, that creates. Okay. And so Sean has this tendency to immediately um, accept blame for any bad thing in his friends' lives uh, because historically he has often been the cause of several bad things in their lives. And that created this kind of this bias in him where that's his predisposition. And so I guess the big takeaway would be that like your previous experiences will inform your present responses but will not define them okay i like i was reaching i was kind of reaching i mean listen i i i would agree with that i think the only issue that i had in this episode is feeney says something about this is the very first time that like Right, for the first time ever, it's like, not your fault. I was like, yes, ouch. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was like, he already got this spiel, I'm sure, when his parents split up. Like, he has already heard this before, I'm sure. From Turner, for God's sakes. Even if he didn't hear it from Chet or from his mom, which I'm sure he yeah. did hear it from his mom all the time in the letters that she wrote him. I'm sure Turner was like, dude, it's not your fault. Right. He's heard this before, and it's just... Yeah, I, d- I had a problem with Feeney saying that the- for the very first time, which is kind of why I was like, okay, is this last sequence still a dream? Ooh. That's my hot take on this, is I think that last sequence is still a dream in detention and or the yeah. entire thing is a dream, like a Sean dream, because... Yeah. Why is there a killer in the school still? That seems sure. It seems like a a continuous manifestation of Sean's emotions. It's lingering still. It's still there, even though we now solve the problem and we realize it's not his fault. Potentially, he hasn't come. He hasn't completely gotten over it, so it's still lingering. Also, the so, fact that Feeney so said got... something that doesn't feel in Feeney character. I feel like this yeah. line that Feeney says is not. It doesn't. It feels like something that Sean would expect Feeney to say, as opposed to something Feeney would actually say. I like this theory. This is fun. Thanks. Thanks. Is this something you? Is this something you read, or or is this your own fabrication? No, this is my own. This is completely my I, own. I enjoy that. I've never considered it that way. I have always been bothered by Feeney saying, like, for the first time ever, it's not your fault. Yep. And then, obviously, the little stinger of the guy running out at the end is mm-hmm. something I've always kind of shrugged and said, like, ah, it's fun. I think that your theory has it, it holds water. I agree with you in that Thanks. if it's if it's a dream within a dream, right? Like Sean wakes, he's in Inception, and he wakes up from the killer level, and now he's in the lesson level, and then yes. wakes up mm-hmm. from that 
off screen or whatever. Potentially and, um, even at home in bed. Mm, yeah, this is I like this. This mm-hmm. is fun. This is interesting. And this is something that we obviously will see later when Corey is having dreams about killing Sean. He wakes right. up in a dream he ends and up still in a dream, a, dream. a dream. Yeah, and so it's not yeah. something that Boy Meets World has is shy about or shies away from. Mm, I like it. I'll support this theory. I was I was not sure at first if I would, but I support this. This is good because I think it worked. I think it. It it answers the two big outlying questions, which is like, why would Feeney say this thing? Yeah, because it's kind of mean, uh, and not, <laughs> yeah. and like not not true to Feeney's impression of Sean. Yes, um, correct. And then why is there this skull face dude sneaking out of the classroom after everyone leaves? And it's boom, it's because we're still in Sean's dream. I like it because mm-hmm. uh, then. You. Then what happens, too, is, like, Sean comes to the understanding largely, entirely, on his own, then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, okay, so what I, my lesson from the episode is, is hard things are going to happen in life uh, that you can't control, and you can't be afraid to feel those big feelings when, when you are feeling helpless, when there's something that is out of your control. You need to process and feel those feelings. You can't project that onto the people around you. You have to take the time, process, be in your feels, whatever you got to do. And then you, can, then you can start to see things a little clearer Otherwise, it's going to cloud your judgment if you're projecting and you're you are um, trying to manipulate or control the situation, which is what Sean is trying to do at the beginning of the episode when he's like, it's not just about the pencil, Kenny, which I think is hysterical. And some one of my favorite writer moments in the whole series when he snaps at Kenny, he does such a good job. It's so funny. So don't be scared to feel your feelings. There are things in this world that we're not going to be able to control and that are scary and that are going to turn everything up on its head. And we got to feel those feelings and we can't project them onto the people that we love or the people that we interact with. That's good. That's better than what I had. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, I know that I know this show's not a competition as it no. once was in our minds when we were starting this thing and we thought it might be like a competition. Yeah. But if it were, today you would have won. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's just what a feather in my cap. Yeah, go um, ahead. <laughs> take my victory lap now. Uh-huh. And you can't see. I'm dancing on my bed. Obviously, people can't see it, but that's that's this is my yeah, victory that's lap. Right next to the, that's you're dancing right next to the PowerPoint presentation that's running. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. yeah, it's happening. These things are so good for audio formats. <laughs> uh, right. Yep. I think so personally. But yeah, I think that also ties into the whole kind of still in Sean's dream, whatever, trying to process his feelings. He's still, there's still that manifestation of the killer. We're still, he's processing through everything himself. He's processing through his big feels. He's coming to terms with the fact that he is not controlling the situation, that he can't manipulate the situation. And he does that through Feeney, which is, again, not the first time we've seen this in the show. We just saw it with a very Topanga Christmas. Corey envisions Feeney as the ghost of Christmas future because he is the wise sage that is over everything. And so I am a firm believer that we're still in Sean's dream and that he is coming to all of this on his own, at his own pace, 
there you go. I love that. I love that. That's great. You know, and what? that's I the hope... show. <laughs> that's no, that's so good. I, I, um, okay, so I just finished reading this book, How to Change Your Mind by Michael yes. Pollan. Right? Yeah, I think I talked yeah. about. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about hallucinogenics, basically. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, so that's my mind's kind of in that space right now. And so, what this makes me think is basically if I were to do, uh, like psilocybin assistant therapy or like ayahuasca or any number of hallucinogenics, not just in like a strict, like take it, sit in my room by myself kind of setting, but like in a more therapeutic setting, either like a more traditional shaman setting or some of these like psilocybin assisted therapy research studies that have been going on. Right. Mm -hmm. I would hope that in that setting, I would find myself confronted with William Daniels as Mr. Female (laughs) to work through whatever it is I'm working through. Yes. (laughs) That is the only, he is the only one. If I went in and I saw like Kevin Bacon or some shit, I'd be like, I'm done. Bye. Bye. I would, I would assume that like, I would probably see like a family member in some way. And I, 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 I know that I would be, a little disappointed that it's not William Daniels. Yes, <laughs> that is what I want. Yeah, I like want. Spirit, we're going on an ayahuasca retreat. <laughs> taking Quinn, we're taking Sarah. The four of us are going on a Feeny Call Business ayahuasca retreat where we okay. will aspire to see Feeny. Great. So we'll if anyone wants to sign up for the ayahuasca retreat, down <laughs> to South America. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I, I hope that uh, uh, Feeny appears uh, as my spiritual guide of some kind. Yes, to guide you on this journey of life, wandering down God, this road that, be... that we call life. That's what we're doing. Oof. It would be so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I was about to ask you who your MVP is. We're not even close to MVPs yet. I've got notes. I was about to say you got notes. Like where are we at? Where we got to talk about? So. The mention of Nev Campbell, obviously, yes, yes, which is a joke many layers deep. Of course, yes, because we obviously have the Scream reference at the. But Nev Campbell was obvious. also on Party of Five Correct. with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Correct. And exactly. so, like the 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 joke of like the hotty hot hot from Party of Five, Nev Campbell being said by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Love Hewitt, who is theoretically also the quote hottie hot hot from Party of Five. Yes. But Nev Campbell, who was obviously in Scream and uh, the oh shit, what is it? Uh, the witch, the witches. No, they're uh, the craft. I mean, she craft. was in the craft, but no one else yes. in in Boy Meets World was in the craft. But Ryder Strong and Ben Savage also made guest appearances on Party of Five. A lot of crossover. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah. I never watched Party of Five. Neither did um, I. Of course, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Will Friedle were dating at the time of this. How she ended up on the show was they approached Will and they were just like, hey, man, we'd love to have Jennifer on the show. And then he approached her and she was like, yeah, sure. And so they wow, brought her you know what? I also didn't know that. That's really? Funny. No, oh, that yeah. makes it way funnier. Oh, my God. No, I never knew yeah. that. Yeah. That makes everything even funnier than it already is. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, so then she came on the show just because they wanted to have her, and she was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, this is great. I'd love to. So, no, I mean, that just makes, like, his, like, very aggressive yes. uh, introduction to her as well as his reaction to her death. The two of those things are just... Even like so much funnier now, knowing that 
that they were dating. I did not know that, but that is. Oh, I'm so glad. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Impart that knowledge on, yeah. on you. Yeah, I I think so. Last year, they all got together on a Zoom session. I think it was Ben Savage, Daniel Fishel, Will Friedle, uh Matthew Lawrence, Trina McGee, and then I think. I think they brought in Mr. Feeney, but not for the replay of the episode. They did like a Zoom conference where they all rewatched the episode together and did like fun facts behind the scenes. Um, Trina talks about being pregnant and having to like scream and run around, which is we also talked to her about that when we had the privilege of interviewing her. But yeah, so anyway, they all got together and did that last year. And um, Will talked about bringing Jennifer onto the show and, and the fact that they were dating at the time because they had just starred in Trojan War together in 97. And I feel like this would have been something that would have landed a lot better were we five years older than we actually are. If we had been yeah. a little more inundated into pop culture in the 90s, but of course we were we were mere saplings. No, but this episode, I mean, it's, it's so heavily rooted in so much yeah. 1997 yeah. pop culture. Mm-hmm. I love the little the little tag that Sean's like at, he asked Feeney if he's ever if he recalls ever getting stabbed in the back and of course that's how Feeney dies getting stabbed in the back mm-hmm. it's a good one um, also Topanga gets up from her desk and switches seats with Angela at the beginning of this and doesn't take her pencil with her she leaves the big pencil on the desk so now yeah. she's going to ask Angela for the pencil I did and notice then Sean's going to get mad about that I also noticed between a couple different cuts, Tachinga is either holding or not holding that big pencil. It's not consistent um, yes. between a few a few cuts early on there. There are some 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 shots where it's on her desk and some shots when it's in her hand, and it's not clear that she's like picking it up and putting it down. It's clearly from like two different takes or whatever. Yeah. So there's that. That's uh, fun. I kind of like that. I feel like it plays into the campiness of the episode, just the overall cheesiness of the whole, the whole thing. Um, do you, do you have a favorite line in this episode? Cause I do. Ooh, that's a good question. It's a very cool. You, you, you say yours. My favorite line in this episode and amongst my favorite lines in the entire series is we'll always remember he was that tall. <laughs> I just think oh, it's I... such a good reaction line. Yes. It's so fucking funny. Um like it's such a it is such a stupid but hilarious reaction line. It like I don't know, it kills me every time. We'll always remember he was that tall. Just, we'll like, always remember he was that tall. It's so because I mean, like, here the implication is this pencil went all the way through Kenny's head, all right? Yes. And out on the other side, and now they've all just witnessed Kenny be murdered in front of them, and the first line said is, "We'll always remember he was that tall." It's yes. such a good tension breaker, and I, I, not only is it a hilarious reaction, it also lets you, the audience member, know that like this is camp horror, and like you're gonna. Mm-hmm. Like laugh at the horror, embrace that. So that's it. Yes. That is a great one. And actually, I have another fun fact about that: that that was Michael Jacobs' idea. I don't. That's a great. Oh, it's hard to. One of mine, I think, might be when as soon as 
Feffy and Eric both die. Jack goes over there and he's like, he's like, like heartbroken over Eric. And he's like, he was my roommate, my friend, my roommate. And then he looks at her and he goes, I didn't really know her. <laughs> and I don't know why. Just the way he delivers it. He's like, oh. No, it's somebody, like, Eric. I didn't, I didn't really know. Her. I didn't really know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Just a last minute, sure. last minute thought. Mm -hmm. I do like that one. I also like the Geneva Detention Convention. The Geneva Detention Convention. That's yeah. You know, my, another runner-up for me is, like, it's a shame that Kenny has to die first. Oh, I, my well, God. Well, Kenny, it's obviously not going to be one of us. <laughs> yeah, right, they all laugh. That's, a, like, that's probably my second favorite bit. I mean, this, is, this episode's full of bits. Uh, I, I love all the bits. Many, many oh, my God. Bits. I just thought of something else. I thought Ooh. of something else to prove my theory. Because I was thinking through, you know, how they do the movie lines, like, oh, they're in the, the movie, the blood in the shower, or whatever. Yeah. Okay, something else that proves my point. When they get out, Sean says something to Feeney, and Feeney goes, just like in the movie, whatever, whatever. Like, he says uh, a line, I recognize that from the movie. I recognize right? from the film, A Troubled Young Man. Yes! Why would Feeney say that if he had no idea what was going on during the dream? Right. But, but Sean's dream state has mm -hmm. that as a recurring theme of people yes. putting out just like in the movie. Yes. So that's that. Which is also kind of a Scream reference because Scream is constantly just like pointing out other horror movies. Yes. So. Yeah. I'm, I, listen, I'm not Your saying that I'm up. absolutely right, but I think I'm absolutely right about this. <laughs> Guys, it's a good I wonder if anyone like has had, I'm sure somebody has had this take before, but I didn't read any, maybe another... Uh, Boy Meets World podcast. Although I think we're the we're the furthest along now because we have surpassed Bra Meets World. So I think we are the oh, furthest yeah. along Boy Meets World podcast that is on air. Ooh, everyone Which else fizzled out. It's true. <laughs> or they got started during quarantine. There were two uh, Boy Meets World podcasts that started during quarantine, but they're still on like season one and season two. I think we're it. Right. You heard it here first. You heard it here <laughs> first, everybody. The whole episode was a dream. Yep, whole episode is a dream. And does it, I, is it a dream? And does well, when does the dream start? Or is the is the entire episode a dream? It's hard to say. I would like to think that it starts in detention because it's fresh in Sean's brain, and falling asleep in detention is exactly the kind of thing that Sean would do. But it would not be out of the realm of possibility that this is just a regular everyday dream for Sean. Especially because it's kind of nightmare-ish. It, it has those elements of a nightmare. And where would Sean's nightmare take place? At school. In Feeney's class. I'm just saying. All right. I like it. I like it. It's good stuff. Also, another one of my favorite lines is when the, Topanga said something about being angry. And Corey's like, angry, upset enough to kill? <laughs> Anytime. Anytime Will goes, da-da-da. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's a good bit. So many good bits. Everyone just gets to do bits. So many bits. Oh, it's so, so funny. Also, part of what makes this episode just so perfect is that, like, everyone just gets to do the yes. damn thing. There's no, no one has to hold back. I think oh, it's so unique, too. It stands out so yes. much from everybody else. It's why it's everyone's favorite is because we don't have to, it's, it is a part of the plot in that obviously this is happening while Corey and Topanga are separated and we have to know what that happened there in order to know what's happening in this episode. But we get to watch them just 
be goofy and be together as an ensemble and to explore and play and have fun and be campy. And that is so funny and endearing and just a, a joy to watch. And it's a little spooky. It's got those elements of horror without being so over the top scary that you can't watch it as a kid. It's, it is the perfect combination of funny, spooky, silly, campy. I don't know, it's great. man. That skull mask, that stayed in my dreams as a kid. It was... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> a little too scary for me. <laughs> and Feeney with the scissors in his back. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Well, do we have MVPs? Do you have any other notes or should we get an MVP? My, I do have a note about Feeney falling to his knees. That oh, yeah. It looks like it hurts. Fun. That looks it's a, like it's it a stiff. He goes down hard. Yeah, and he probably, I mean, they probably did not get that in one take. Uh, oh, another one of my fun facts. Ta-da! is this was an episode that was not filmed in front of a live studio audience. This is one of the only few episodes in the series that's not filmed in front of a live studio audience for the purpose of those different camera angles when we're in the library, when we're running through the halls, all of that. I was about to say, that's, that's another up. big part of it, is there's so many, like, multi-cam uh-huh. or single-camera kind of things where, like, so many visual gags that wouldn't play for a live audience, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's it's clear, like, it's so distinct in so many ways. Obviously, it's distinct tonally and genre and, and things like that. But then, yeah, even the camera work is distinct from the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dun, dun, dun. I, yeah, it's... um. It's just, it. I don't want to say it's overall the best episode because it's not even my favorite. I think my favorite is definitely Everybody Loves Stuart just because Fred Savage is brilliant and it's such a important message, but it's it's just so, so good. It's, I'll say it. It's my favorite. It's yes. I remember filming, and this is a little behind the scenes of our show for those who have been listening since the beginning. Skylar and I made a trailer uh, later, after we made our original trailer, which talked about our favorite characters, our favorite episodes, and that actually got scrapped because it was so long, and we couldn't really make up our minds on a couple things. So we had a, a trailer that included Skylar saying that this was his favorite episode and mine was Everybody Loves Stuart that actually got scrapped. So, of course, none of you have known this from the beginning, but I, of course, have. <laughs> well, we both said it two years ago, so it's still true, damn it. It's like when they make The Magician makes you, like, write it down or whatever before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have done that. That's what we should have done, is written it down at the beginning and been like, this is my favorite, because I'm pretty sure I said my favorite character was Turner, which is a total mm. lie. It's, it's Eric. Lie. You know how yeah. much I love Eric. I would, I would, I just love him. He's the best. We have to stand. I mean, I probably said my favorite character is Feeney, which is probably you so did. true. You absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, a, a fun, not a fun fact, but just a, an interesting tidbit that I noticed that I don't think a lot of kids who are watching this for the first time or just younger younger people will understand is Eric runs back to the payphone and he checks for loose change. And that was a motion that I was just like, 
I was like, what is he? Oh yeah, he's looking for loose change. And as a kid who didn't grow up with, like I grew up with payphones, but if you were born after a certain time, you didn't grow up with payphones. You probably have never even seen a payphone in your life. And so kids who are probably watching the show for the first time, I wonder if they know what he's doing. I think they do. You think you so? Know why? Because why? it's, well, and I was about to be really confident in this, but then I just realized. So my point was going to be that, like, I did the same shit with vending machines. And my theory was then that, like, kids but, still yeah. do that same shit mm-hmm. with vending machines. But now. But there are a lot of credit card readers on vending machines. Now. Yep. Yep. So that's true. I still think it probably makes sense, but my my quick dispute of it's the same as a vending machine is not quite as airtight now that many credit card or many vending machines have credit card readers on them. Yes. Another little um, continuity error, I suppose, is um, Jack goes over to the window and he's like, if I can't live in my apartment, whatever. Angela comes out to comfort him and she's like, hey, don't worry about it. Sean, you and Sean can pay the rent. Sean doesn't work. He doesn't have a job. He's Jack is covering his part of the rent. I don't That's think true. Sean, yeah, I don't think Sean is working at all or contributing at all. Well, don't <laughs> we, isn't there, but... isn't there an episode later where like Sean finds out, after, I think it's after Chet dies, Sean, yes. they're going through shit, and he finds out that, like, Jack was, like, covering not all of it, but, like, a certain sizable cost of something, and Sean, like, takes all his clothes off, and he's like, did you buy this shirt, huh? Right? Yes, yes, yeah, um, exactly. So that, I guess that implies, rent. well, it implies Sean pays rent, but doesn't pay the full amount that he theoretically would, but he also doesn't know that. Yes, correct. So, Interesting. It's just an interesting tidbit knowing it's a dream of Sean's and then also him knowing that like he doesn't have a job. He can't help with the rent any more than what he would maybe in theory already be paying. Yeah, that's a good point too. It's continuity, but then it's it's within Sean's own subconscious, so it's whatever he perceives about it. And so yeah. Yeah. Keeps going. It's like inception. All right. Well who's your MVP? My MVP is Sean. And I think it's, I know that he's the killer, but in my whole theory about this being his dream, he came to this conclusion on his own of, I'm at, this is out of my control. I can't manipulate the situation. Unfortunately, this is something that I'm just going to have to process in my own way and come to terms with. And he came to that conclusion on his own. And it took, I mean, obviously it took a scary dream to discover it, but sometimes we got to go through our, we got to go through our big emotions to get to the real shit. Yeah. I think it's interesting if we are to subscribe to your theory, your dream theory, then Sean's kind of the only option because he's the only active player then. Yeah. Yeah. No one else isn't, no one else is really an active player if we subscribe to the idea that like it's all a dream. Uh, yeah, even, that's true. Even the, the moment with Feeney at the end. So I will second you and say, yes, Sean is the MVP. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's all, folks. We did it. We made it. It happened. We finally got there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We have hit one of two favorite episodes that uh, that we have talked about. Obviously, mine will come much later. But we'll get there, and I'm excited about it. I'm just going to start. I should have been adding it in the whole time. That would have been really fun. Um, 
to just add in some dun dun duns right? and some scary sounds. Maybe just like underscore the entire episode <laughs> with like a scary soundtrack. Right. <laughs> Or just cut your little dun 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 and put it yeah, in cut the dun 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 before. and shove it in other places. Like, and then I'll but leave, then leave this in, this. yeah. <laughs> so they know it wasn't there the whole time, and I just oh edited it man, in. I think oh, that'd I might be very do funny. that. I, I personally that. think that's hilarious, but um, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the editor, so I'll leave that to you. Uh, that might happen. Let me let me give you a clean one real quick here. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there you go. In case you want to go for it. Love that. Thanks for listening, y'all. We really appreciate it. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as we do. Uh, mm-hmm. I've said before, it's my fave. So I was very excited to watch it. I've definitely watched it so many times. I was quoting it along with the episode, uh, much to Sarah's chagrin. <laughs> uh, I was that asshole. Um, I'm probably not a super fun person to like watch this show with. I'm coming to realize because like yeah, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Uh, so maybe there's that realization for myself. Uh, it's you know because I I think about like watching a movie with somebody who's like a little too into the movie and I'm like, could you stop? Yeah, yeah. right. Um, or, I there's feel... like so much pressure for the other person to enjoy it because they know how mm-hmm. much you're enjoying it, and if the, you they yeah. say like one thing that's like that doesn't align with how you view the show, you're like, ah, 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 yeah, I if I had to pick a movie that I'm also not fun to watch with, um, it's Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Grinch. Oh, love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not fun to watch that really any campy Christmas movie. Cause I can probably quote all of a Charlie Brown Christmas from start to finish. <laughs> mm, sure. Those are, at least it's like, I feel like with the Grinch, at least depending on the company, it's better for the yes. people out there that are equally enthusiastic about it. Like me, mm-hmm. we're watching it together. We're having a blast. Yes. But if you're like meh on it, you don't want to watch it with me. I'm going to be too much for you. That's, that's probably true for this show too. So, yeah. but if you're still listening to this podcast, you're probably not met on the show. So thanks so much for mm-hmm. listening. You can find us online at the various social media platforms that are still operating. <laughs> yes. You can find us on Instagram at the Feeny call podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Feeny call. Let us know. You can either reach out to us on social media or you can send us an email at phoenicallpodcast at gmail. And uh, what do you think about the theory? Was Sean still sleeping the whole time? Was it? I want to know. Does anyone else believe this? Because I like this theory. I know. to corroborate. So you can send us an email or leave us a voicemail. The link for our voicemail is in our Instagram bio and it is also in the description of this episode. So click on that, leave us a voicemail. And we would love to hear if you have a theory on why the killer is still there, if the killer is really in the school. We'd love to chat on that. All right. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. And as always, fast dismissed.